0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Sunday, October 24th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is is almost live, our in-season Sunday post-game podcast. I'm joined, as always, by the people's champ, Matt Del Bax, not exactly a stressful performance last night by the Buckeyes.
2: No, that's exactly what you wanted to see by the Buckeyes. You go to Indiana, you don't play with your food, you put it out of its misery early, and you make your game not a game as soon as possible. That's what you're supposed to do against inferior opponents. You don't let them hang around. And to OSU's great credit, they largely, outside of one defensive drive in the first half, played nearly a perfect half of football. So you couldn't have asked much more for OSU than we got last night in the first half at Indiana.
1: In our weekly staff roundtable, question number two was, can you see Indiana's defense putting up any kind of fight against Ohio State's juggernaut offense? My response was, and this was great insight, No. I wrote out a few sentences and uh, deleted them because I realized I'd be BSing everyone because I was BSing myself when you watch the game. It was just that. They scored a touchdown, I think, every time they had the ball except once. They were virtually flawless. Indiana did not put up much of a fight defensively. Was that bad Indiana or is this offense really as great as everyone says? It's now widely agreed upon as the best in college football.
2: I would go a step further and say that this offense is at least in the discussion to be one of the best, if not the best OSU's ever had. Uh, Ohio state's offense is leading the country in scoring and they actually increased their scoring average this week. I think they were at like 48.5 points per game coming into this week. And I, is there a weakness on this offense? Like really, let's run through it real quick. We have three first round picks at wide receiver, whenever they're allowed to go to the draft In the big three, Olave, Wilson, JSN. There there are likely three first-rounders. Behind them, your depth guys are guys like Harrison and Egbuka, who look awesome. You have an offensive line that you're probably 10 guys deep that you would feel good running out on the field, and they're mauling people inside. I mean, Stroud only got touched like once or twice last night, it felt like, watching the game. And that O-line has only continued to get better and better and better and better and better. You have not just one of the top candidates for the Heisman Trophy and C.J. Stroud at quarterback. But you have to feel pretty good about bringing in a backup in case something goes wrong. Um, I mean, Kyle McCord, every time he comes in, looks like a really good football player. And then you've got Jeremy Ruckert and Cade Stover at tight end. And G. Scott, by the way, who is no slouch, even though he's third on the depth chart. So you've got a guy in Ruckert who might be one of, if he's not the best pass catching, catching tight end in college football, he's one of the best pass catching tight ends in college football. And Stover's gotten better and better every week. He had a really nice catch last night uh, on a third-down conversion where C.J. Stroud changed his route mid-route, and he adjusted on the fly and got open for a catch. So that all is great. And then we haven't even gotten to the fact that a running back, OSU has the best freshman running back in school history in Travion Henderson. They have a very good option in Mayan Williams, who came back last night and only ran for 60 yards and a touchdown and happened to look pretty good doing it, by the way. Uh, they've they've got a guy in Master Teague who is the veteran hand who is solid if unspectacular. And then you've got a guy in Evan Pryor who looked darn good too. So they run four deep at tailback. This OSU offense, there's maybe one defense in the country that's going to slow them down, and that's Georgia. And in a college football game that skews towards offense with the way the rules are set up, you have to feel really, really good about OSU's offense scoring a lot against anybody.
1: I think you handled that question about as well as you could. I was just nodding my head as we were going there right through the Georgia evaluation. It was awesome to watch. It was surgical. We do need to talk about C.J. Stroud. The fact that we discussed at one point in time him possibly being replaced as the starter is miraculous when you see him now. There were times in the beginning of the season I felt he was riding on the bus. I thought he was driving the bus the last few games. Everyone's going to point to that throw he made down the middle into what looked like quadruple coverage that JSN caught like it was nothing. Are you even impressed with Stroud? Just did you think he'd be this far along this quickly?
2: Absolutely not. My my expectation for CJ Stroud coming into the season was to be the best quarterback in the Big Ten, not the country, and that's what he's looking like. It's best quarterback in the country. A month ago, after the Oregon game, I was one of the people who was loudly saying that he ha- he didn't look like he was the one who was to be able to take take the team to the next step. And it turns out that it was because he had some sort of shoulder injury here where we didn't get to see him at his best. But since CJ Stroud took that week off just to rest his shoulder, he has been borderline unstoppable. And I know it's against three not great teams, but at the end of the day, 20 out of 21 drives were scoring drives. I think that that streak finally got broken at the start of the third quarter. Right. And uh, at the end of the day, this guy has, Gone from, okay, he's talented, but he's not hitting a lot of these throws. He's afraid to run. He looks tentative. He's hurt, too. I couldn't pick out a flaw with him if I tried right now. Everything Stroud has done the last couple weeks has been lights out, and there's no other way to put it. It, Whatever shoulder miraculousness they pulled with that week off for him clearly worked because this guy went from a guy that we weren't sure was a better option than McCord to – wow, this is maybe the best player in college football. So you have to give C.J. Stroud a lot of credit for his perseverance, and you have to give Ohio State a lot of credit for putting him in the position to succeed that he's currently in.
1: Questions that linger about this team in terms of reaching its ultimate goal now centered around the defense. Last night, one terrible drive in which they looked clueless, and it did seem Indiana pulled a rabbit out of a hat several times on third down. Your thoughts on the defense. The pass rush has started to get home on a more regular basis. That's obviously easier when you're stoked to a multiple touchdown lead. Has the defense begun to convince you it can get something done here long term?
2: Yeah, I think with the pass rush, it, it helps that your upperclassmen are starting to turn it up a little bit. Zach Harrison had the kind of game last night that, you know, over the summer, we're all like, oh, Zach Harrison finally gets it. Zach Harrison's going to be the, the sack Harrison we were expecting, right? And we saw that last night for all his inconsistencies and other things. We saw that last night from him. And that's a fantastic sign for Ohio State with where they want this defensive line to go if he's going to play at that level. But it's not just him. I mean, Haskell Garrett was strong. Tyreek Smith was strong. You know, you, you had uh, Ty Hamilton made a bunch of big plays. And then, of course, the three freshmen on the line we've been talking about all year have, were excellent. And here's the craziest thing about last night. The first drive for Indiana went for 75 yards and a touchdown. After that, Ohio State held them to the 25 total yards the rest of the game give or take a yard or two in there. And in fact, at the end of the uh, first half, Indiana had lost 35 yards combined since their touchdown drive. So that tells you how good this defense was, that they had 100 total yards allowed against anybody in college football. That's a stupid good number in modern uh, offenses that throw the ball all over the field. This defense has only gotten better every week. And honestly, like, if I'm going to nitpick something, I can complain that they didn't score a defensive touchdown for the fifth straight game. I mean, that's about all I got for you there. This is Ohio State last night in Indiana it was about pitch perfect on both sides of the football. And, you know, that's a great thing getting into the harder part of the schedule with Penn State coming up.
1: I've got to see the defense do it against a more competent quarterback, a more competent offense before I'm totally sold. We're going to take a look around the Big Ten and around the national scene and how it all pertains to your Buckeyes after a quick break. All right, we are back. Let's break down what else went down yesterday and apply it to your Ohio State Buckeyes. First, in grueling, eye-bleeding fashion, Penn State lost at home to the fighting Brett Bielema's 20-18 to in nine overtimes. I watched this game. My confidence that Ohio State will wallop Penn State grew as the two-point back-and-forth fiasco of ineptitude went on. Ohio State will host Penn State in a week at home at night. What do you think of the fighting James Franklins?
2: Well, that was one of the worst displays I've ever seen of offense yesterday in that Penn State-Illinois game. That I hate the new overtime rules, by the way. It feels like soccer penalty kicks versus like actual football. I don't know why you would change that rule because it was one of the best overtime formats in any sport and now we're getting rid of it but they couldn't score a two-point conversion for like eight overtimes either team so Penn State even before this ugly Illinois loss yesterday my read on them was is that they have a very good defense they have a quarterback who is mediocre in Sean Clifford or quarterbacks who are flat out bad in every other quarterback that they have on their roster Their running game is kind of a work in progress. And if you don't let John Dotson get open, they're not going to score a lot. Well, that's pretty much exactly what we saw yesterday against Illinois. Penn State has a good defense. Their defense is going to make Ohio State's offense punt a few times. But I can't see them scoring anything close to enough points. I know OSU's defense has to show that they can do this whole new look defense at a high level against a better team. But I'm not really consistently believing here that Penn State can do it on offense enough to say that their offense is any better than Rutgers or Maryland's offense. Their defense will be a challenge. There's no question there. But by a challenge, I mean they might hold Ohio State to 35 or 42 when they're averaging 50 a game right now. That, 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 that's the relativity of the situation. I walked away from that also thinking that Ohio State is going to go out and probably be in position to have a chance for a emphatic win next Saturday night in the horseshoe. And I, I, I think at the end of the day, Ohio State was better even with a healthy Sean Clifford. Without a healthy Sean Clifford who can barely move in the pocket, Penn State's a sitting duck for OSU because if Clifford takes a few hits the way that Jack Tuttle did last night and he's out of the game, Penn State's going to do what Indiana did on offense, and that's absolutely nothing.
1: Michigan beat Northwestern 33 to 7. Michigan is 7 and 0. They'll be ranked right behind Ohio State when the rankings come out. Northwestern put up a fight early but could not hang.
2: Are we really sure we know what Michigan is this year? I think their their best win is against Wisconsin who's 4 and 3. And I know if you pointed Ohio State you could probably say the same thing. I I'm just I'm really interested to see what they do when their competition gets better. They're going up against Sparty this week and Sparty Sparty's ranked in the top 10, right? but i'm i'm not convinced sparty is hardly anything to tell you the truth they've had a nice year they're a competent football team they haven't beaten themselves they're fairly tough on defense they run the ball okay i just i'm not convinced there's a ton there so if michigan goes out and decks sparty I, i'm going to start thinking they're a better team than maybe i initially had given them credit for but if that's a tight ball game then You know, it's going to be the usual Michigan comes out with a nice start, and then when they run into a real top-end team, they get thumped sort of year again. So, good for them, I guess. It'll keep Harbaugh around longer, and that's a good thing in the big picture for OSU. But uh, I'm not convinced they're anything more than a nice record on a big-name program that in the end of the day against top-flight teams is not going to be as good as that maybe they've looked so far.
1: The other Big Ten game of note, Wisconsin goes on the road to beat Purdue Purdue was actually the ranked team in this matchup. They go down 30 to 13. I'm not sure that's worth talking about. We will get to Purdue in a few weeks. Minnesota beat Maryland 34 to 16. Let's go over the other big time scores. Cincinnati had a little struggle with Navy. Navy is going to do that to you. They are a goofy team to go up against. So despite Navy falling to 1 and 6, they only lost by a touchdown. Your thought on the Fighting Fickles?
2: Does anybody think Cincinnati would have a chance against OSU if they played this weekend that didn't go to the University of Cincinnati or isn't related to members of the team or coaching staff by blood? I know Cincinnati's undefeated and good for them, and they beat Notre Dame, and they deserve all the credit in the world for it, but like, if we're doing a Vegas-style power ranking right now, Cincinnati's not in the top five in my book. I know it's Navy. I know it's it's a different animal, and this is going to happen over the course of a long season, especially when Cincinnati's kind of looking big picture they can kind of overlook Navy, but they're a really nice team they're coached really well obviously we love fickle I just don't think that they're in the same class as an OSU or Georgia or and Alabama but that fourth spot right now like who knows right like who knows who the number four team could be and honestly I'm not impressed with Oregon I'm not impressed with Oklahoma like if Ohio State played Oregon or Oklahoma this weekend too I'd say the same thing so maybe Cincinnati is the number four team in the country but number two No way. Absolutely not.
1: Oklahoma pulled a rabbit out of a hat literally against Kansas. I'm not sure you should ever be ranked if you don't score in the first half against Kansas. That happened. Oklahoma gets 35 in the second half, wins 35-23. I do think that the fact that it was Kansas probably means Ohio State can jump them in the rankings. What
2: do you think? Well, it's not just one game where Oklahoma looks shaky. It's been the whole season. They've been pulling rabbits out of their hat all season long. They probably should have lost at least twice by now. And the fact that Kansas was beating them well into the third quarter, and this isn't like, you know, a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team. That might be the worst team in the Power Five is Kansas. And Caleb Williams had to literally steal the ball back from a running back on a fourth-down handoff, uh, or Kansas would have had the ball in position to go in and score. The, The reality is Oklahoma's not good. I think Oklahoma State's better. I think Iowa State's better. I don't see them getting through the Big 12 undefeated. And at the end of the day, uh, Oklahoma, to me, is very, very fraudulent. They're the, if they manage to somehow tightrope their way to a playoff spot, it's going to be like every other playoff spot Oklahoma ever gets, where they lose by 35 points and just get embarrassed. Again, they're not a great football team. They're, they're barely a good football team in a very mediocre conference.
1: Serious looks of consternation on Nick Saban's face as Alabama outlast Tennessee 52-24. to That game was actually relatively close early on. Tennessee had a 14-7 lead after one quarter. They are not in a position to stay in the ring that long with Alabama, but this is not the Alabama juggernaut we've dealt with over the years. There are certain spots where Ohio State is clearly better than Alabama, and this might be the time to make this point. Yes, Ohio State's offense is the best in the country, I think right now. But what's interesting to me is I don't really see a close second. There have been times when Ohio State's been great at something and there's been a Joe Burrow led LSU or a Trevor Lawrence led Clemson out there. This offense, I don't see having an equal. Am I wrong? And what do you think of Alabama?
2: That game was 31-24 in the fourth quarter. And then Bama kind of put a shine on the turd by scoring the last three touchdowns against a massively overmatched Tennessee team. Bama, this isn't Death Star Bama, right? If one team's the Death Star right now, it's Ohio State with the way they've been playing and not playing with their food. Bama used to never play with their food. Bama nearly got eaten by the fish on the table last night, and that doesn't typically happen under Nick Saban teams. But we saw it with that, that atypical Texas A&M road loss that they had, too. Just with the way that they were playing i don't think Bama's great i think right now you've got georgia at one which they've clearly earned you've got osu at two which i'm not so sure ohio state doesn't beat georgia if they play next saturday in a hypothetical this is a year where i don't really think that there's anybody like in 2019 where you have lsu or clemson and, and osu where you had three teams that are at the elite like that i don't feel it feels like we have uh a whole group of teams at the top, like that LSU team or last year where Alabama was really good. And you knew as OSU that you were hoping to beat them. Not that you thought you were maybe necessarily on their level. End of the day, nobody this year in the country seems like a great team. In fact, if anything, you have two great units and that's Georgia's defense and OSU's offense. Then everybody else is trying to catch up. I mean, we're having a year where Pitt and Wake Forest might be the two best teams in the ACC. The PAC 12 is not a great conference at all. And it's probably not in this mix assuming Oregon blows another game somewhere. The Big 12 kind of stinks. Even the Big 10, when we had all those top-rated teams, they've had some ugly losses since. So if you ask me, I think Ohio State's really in position to, if they keep growing, this could be a really special finish to the season. There's nobody in the country right now that scares me against this OSU team.
1: I'm still going to be scared by teams with an elite offense. The guy who scares me the most right now in the country is actually Matt Corral at Ole Miss, but I don't think that's going to come up. What you're going to see nationally this week is all the outlets doing a comparison statistically of Ohio State's offense versus Georgia's defense. Like you said, historical perspective, what it would be like if they matched up, because I think those two units really have pulled away from the rest of the pack. Ohio State hosts Penn State at the Shoe this coming Saturday. It's going to be a night game. This is not a good setup for Penn State. Give me what you think the spread will be and then how you think it'll go down.
2: Buckeyes are probably going to end up being favored by 10 points in this game is my guess, and I think they exceed the spread. Penn State can't score against this Buckeye defense. They can't score against almost anybody. And as good as their defense is, you wear down when you're punting the ball the whole time back to the other team. OSU is going to win this game.
1: Joe Moorhead does not work for Penn State anymore, thankfully. The spread, actually, I think is going to be closer to something like 17, believe it or not, by the time they kick it off. We appreciate you backstopping by. Have a great Sunday, Buckletters.